What's up, homies? What's up, homies? I'm Erica. And I'm Roshane. And as always, thank you so much for hanging out with us today as we dive into another spooky movie. And to be quite honest with you guys, we're not totally ready to move past 2022 as far as horror movies go. Uh, we're still kind of we're still kind of into it. We're still kind of stuck there. Yeah, I mean, as we said, there were a lot of horror movies last year, and we did mean that. Like, there were a lot, and so much so that even we couldn't cover all of them. We tried. Mm -hmm. We did. We did our best, but there were a couple ones that slipped through the cracks. Yeah. Um, but that's why we asked y'all to pick some for us. <laughs> yes, we asked you guys to help us make decisions. Because, yeah, there were so many of them. We barely scratched the surface. We wanted to talk more in depth about all of them. But time permitting, we couldn't get to all of them. So instead, we asked you guys which ones you would most like to hear us do deep dives on. And the most resounding, I'd say the one that we got most was Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. I'm so excited because yeah. uh, this is a fun movie. And I'm actually really excited to talk about this movie, too. It is. I'm not mad about it. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not even close to irritated about it. It was one of the surprise hits from last year. I'm, st I'm still saying it. Like, here and now, uh, people have been, li one, listening to our last episode, uh, where we covered everything briefly. But also people who have been there for the streams. Y'all know that, like, this was a surprise. This was a surprise for both of us, I think. I I, I don't think either of us were ready for uh, how much fun this movie was going to be. Mm -hmm. And it seems like because there were so many votes, a lot of y'all out there weren't ready for how fun this movie was going to be either. Yeah. Yeah. It was a surprise for us all. And you know what? <laughs> we love that. We love a movie that seems kind of kind of questionable kind of iffy from the trailer and then right. surpasses surpasses your expectations in the movie um i mean i like that i always mm -hmm. think that that's such a nice surprise it's it, i mean it's a toss-up because you rely so heavily on the trailer to dictate if you actually want to go see a movie but mm -hmm. i will say this was a movie for me where i I wasn't. I thought I was gonna like it probably from seeing the trailer, but I wasn't super like gung ho to go see it. But the teaser trailers, like the mm -hmm. they they started posting just like little baby character trailers, and those were really fun. Those actually made me want to go see the the movie more. And not surprising after watching the movie because the characters are like the best part of this movie. Um, so it makes sense. In, in retrospect, it makes sense <laughs> when it all ties together. But it's a new year, but it's the same scare scale. So first one of 2023. Oh, let's go. Roshane on a mm -hmm. scale of one to five, five being the scariest, one being not scary at all. Where right. does bodies, bodies, bodies lie? I'm going to say like a one and a half, honestly. 
this movie, it, I think it's definitely still horror, but like the comedy aspect of this was, uh, was at the forefront for me. Like I spent most of this movie laughing as opposed to being scared. Mm -hmm. Um, So I didn't find particularly many parts of the story scary. There were tense moments for sure, Uh, but scare, not so much. So I'm gonna say 1.5 out of five. That's fair. I'll agree with you there. Yeah, it's not a lot of scary stuff going on. There's a lot of stuff that happens in the dark in this movie, which Mm -hmm. could maybe give you the feeling that potentially something spooky is going to be hopping out of the shadows most of the time it's not but <laughs> it does give you that possibility and also too there's some fear that could possibly be had by like the deterioration of the sanity of our group that if you put themselves in your their shoes could be a scary idea but yeah mm. uh comedy reigns pretty pretty high in this movie so yeah 1.5 is the highest Highest it's going on that on that scale. But without further ado, let's just hop right into it and talk a little bit more about Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. This movie came out in 2022. This movie was directed by Helena Rain with a script by Sarah DeLapp based on an initial spec script by Christina Ropenian. Starring Amanda Stenberg as Sophie, Maria Bakalova as B. Rachel Sennett as Alice, Chase Sue Wonders as Emma, Pete Davidson as David, Myhala Harold as Jordan, and Lee Pace as Greg. What do you get when you lock a group of bored, wealthy Zoomers and a Greg in a mansion during a hurricane? Sweat, drugs, liquor, and murder. And When a party game goes wrong and our Gen Z's start dropping like flies, one thing becomes abundantly clear. The hurricane outside wasn't the only storm brewing for Sophie and her friends. Insert champagne sabers, hurricane hookups, and dead bodies, bodies, bodies here. Our film concludes with this group of friends unraveling at the seams as their insecurities and toxic behavior stand between them and survival. Will they be able to band together or get canceled by the killer? Also, he's a Libra moon that says a lot. Roll credits. <laughs> okay, so. Body yaddy yaddies. <laughs> Let's dive into this one. So right away, when mm-hmm. this movie starts, we meet the characters, basically. We meet right, right. we meet our group. We meet Sophie and B very specifically right away. Mm-hmm. Um, but then quickly transition into meeting our entire gang that we are going to be hanging out with for a hurricane party which huh (laughs) (laughs) is that a thing Uh granted granted i've never lived anywhere where like a hurricane party would be like a regular event so i'm not sure if that's a real thing but i feel like there are places in the world where this is probably legit like people probably have hurricane parties right i mean it makes sense because what else are you gonna do during a hurricane and and 
I mean, besides like just try and survive and hunker down, you know, <laughs> besides that is what I'm saying. Outside if, of fighting for your life. If, if you had the amount of money that these kids have, the the size of this house at their disposal, you I know for a lot of people when they live in areas where there are hurricanes, they kind of just get used to them get used to hurricanes and don't necessarily take them seriously as seriously as people who are like not used to that right mm -hmm. now presumably these people are used to hurricanes they have a huge house they have all of this the, the hugest the house. hugest of houses a fortress if you will <laughs> they have all this stuff at their disposal and there is no authority figures right and also too it seems like they are kind of getting out of because everybody else got picked up from it seemingly the city inside of new york and then like they all traveled out like mm -hmm. so that might be a better place to be where they're at than where everybody else was at maybe maybe but i mean like let's be real here the pull is you got a friend with a giant mansion that's like look dad's not gonna be around I got liquor and drugs for days. Right. Y'all trying to get lit or what's up? Like that's, Or not. Yeah. Like, I feel like at that age, that demographic, like, I would be all over that shit, right? That sounds like a great time in theory. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Especially because you don't know. I, I mean, presumably you're expecting it's going to be like the night and then the next day you might be able to bebop out. But mm -hmm. because you don't know how long it's going to happen, yeah, you kind of would rather, I guess, have like drugs and alcohol and a shit ton of water and food at your disposal, a basketball court <laughs> and like all this, <laughs> all this stuff at your disposal than potentially just being by yourself. So yeah. I'm not mad at it. Like, yeah, because I mean, like you're the, they're young and, you know, the the prospect of just getting to have a rager um, completely completely unsupervised i'm sure that that's a huge thing for them and also i think it is important to note um for any listeners that don't realize like th this is a pair of millennials talking about this movie and i do think that matters just because the gen z aspect of this movie is very much at the forefront like you can tell it with the way that the characters talk to each other you can hear them the dialogue like it's very important to understand what demographic this group of kids is especially with the addition of Greg in there too, because he plays a very interesting role in this dynamic as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like, I think that that, I, I mean, for one, that is huge, but that's something that I think both of us have talked about previously is how much we enjoy the depiction of Gen Z in this movie. Yeah. Because it's actually, it's, it's really good because it doesn't feel like, a parody of Gen Z, which I think a lot of times is the case when you try and write for a demographic that's not your own. You, you know, you have a bunch of millennials writing for Gen Zs and it just sounds awkward, right? I feel like in this movie, they really captured the, uh, they captured this group as realistic people so that when shit starts hitting the fan and you start putting a lens on some of these like insecurities that these people have or like some of the things that make them tick, it allows these scenes to hold more weight mm -hmm. because these don't feel like fake people. Like yeah. all of these kids feel very real. Yeah. Cause the thing about this movie is it feels much more lovingly 
like a loving lens of these characters rather than a parody or a farce or making fun of them in any way. We're laughing along with these characters, not just laughing at them because we think that they're ridiculous or they're stupid. Now, obviously, they are caricature-esque. They are, each person is a very specific type of person and they're leaning into that as much as possible. But even with that being true, there's enough truth in every single character and there's enough layers in every single character where they have a relatability to them in the sense where I feel like everybody has met a person like each of these characters. Maybe not to the degree that some of these characters are, (laughs) but I feel like everybody knows someone like these. And so when they play off of each other, it feels like everything is grounded in this universe for who they are. So even though things happen in this movie and everybody maybe reacts to the craziest degree that they possibly could have, because these characters are fleshed out so well, it makes sense. I don't question how anybody reacts because I'm like, yeah, that that tracks for that character. I do mm-hmm. believe that this is how they would react to a gun being pulled on them. I do believe that this is how they would react to the possibility of like this, their friend falling down the stairs. It's like it's things like that where I don't question these characters, despite the fact that I I can't relate to them. you know what i mean like i don't relate to these characters but i like living in the world of these characters because they are fun and they feel to me like a a more authentic representation of a generation than i've seen in other movies attempt to do yeah so that part is really nice i think that that was one of the most important pieces for this for it to be successful is capturing that voice and allowing it to be told through this kind of wacky lens once we start getting into things. Um, But I do really like how we are just kind of thrust into this evening. Like, we we jump in on these two girls making out, which I did have, my first note was like, they are kissing for a long time. Like, that was a long kiss. Mm -hmm. But we meet these characters. They're in the honeymoon phase. (laughs) They are. they only been together for like six weeks or something look when you're young six weeks that's a say, lifetime six weeks is six weeks can can be a lot you're uh, basically married at that t- at that point <laughs> that's fair that's fair six weeks is probably more like six months we shall yeah. say in in the in this time in, in, in this time in this frame yeah this, yeah <laughs> but what's I think what's fun about the beginning is along with meeting the characters, you get a lot of subtext about things that you won't understand yet, but will become more apparent later on. Mm -hmm. And I think that the way that it's introduced is very organic because a lot of it's like whispers between other characters, like random tensions that you'll notice between like one person or another person. Like there's nothing that's very blatant. And I think that that is that was a great move by them to, um, well, I think that was a great move by them because that is very much reminiscent of how I think a lot of you know younger people kind of operate. Mm-hmm. Like 
you don't necessarily say exactly what you're feeling to everyone's face. It's kind of like, you know, it's it's passive aggressive it's, it's petty it, it's yeah. yeah it's it's like, like i it's smile in your face message, you yeah know? yeah it's it's everything is very subtext yeah it's there's always an underlying kind of secondary meaning to a lot of the looks that these characters share or mm. the little snide comments and remarks despite maybe smiling in each other's faces and saying one thing, feeling a very different way about that person. And it's it's interesting because even by the end of this movie, there's a lot that we don't ever discover about these relationships and kind of the paths that they've taken to get us to this point. We can fill in the blanks a lot by what happens in this movie, but even by the end of it, there will be relationships where you still don't really know by the end of it how these people felt about each other i think a particular one for me is like is like sophie and and david by the end of this movie i don't really know what that relationship was i don't really know how much of best friends they were or how much they really cared about each other because Mm -hmm you don't get both sides of the story. You get it filled in by other people who also have their own agendas. And it's kind of up to the audience once you're done watching this and potentially on rewatches to really decide for yourself how everybody really relates to each other and how everybody really feels about each other. Because there's a lot of tension in this group. There's a lot of animosity in this group. Now, that seemingly it does feel like they have had good times and that they do have fun together. But we also have a lot of backstory that has obviously been weighing down this friend group for a long time that everybody refuses to put out in the forefront and would Mm -hmm. rather just pretend like it doesn't exist. (laughs) (laughs) But all right, let's talk about this group a little bit. Um, Who who did you like and who did you, who did you dislike? Like what's your ranking for these for this group of kids okay well my favorite character is alice i think alice is kind of like everybody's favorite character alice is so good she's hilarious like yeah laugh out loud so funny oh my god her lines and her line delivery 10 out of 10 alice is a little bit of a scene stealer um for (laughs) sure in this movie because First of all, our podcast champion. Of um, course. Shout out. <laughs> shout out to those sticking out for the podcasters of the world. That whole side plot to me is so funny because honestly, I, I like. The way I was cackling. <laughs> because it just does. It just feels like at this point in time, no shade on us or any of our podcast friends, but podcasting is kind of that thing now where it's like anybody and their mom could just <laughs> just start yeah. a podcast and that feeling of like your friends knowing you have a podcast and wanting to be supportive but not everybody's going to be into what you're talking about <laughs> and there's yeah. this feeling of like oh yeah we're so happy for you we're so excited for you um and at the same time knowing 
like are they i don't know (laughs) they have to say that because they're my friends and i hope they are i don't know and it's also just awkward i don't know if you feel this way but anytime that i meet anybody in real life and my podcast Mm -hmm. comes up i now this is not to say that this is how alice is because alice is very much all about the spotlight she loves it she wants people to know she has a podcast but it kind of reminds me of when like being an actor and when you tell people when you first tell people that you're an actor and they're like mm-hmm. oh well have i seen you in anything or like would i <laughs> would i recognize you from anything can you do something for me it's i don't know it's the same feeling with a podcast where it's like all those questions of oh well where where can i find you like what do you so what do you talk about or how yeah. many like how so how many people listen is like pretty is going pretty well and you're like please don't do this to me <laughs> please don't ask me anything about this like I, please i just want to have a good time <laughs> i just want to talk about shit <laughs> please don't do this no i i fully get you and like i feel like too since the pandemic since there have been such a burst in podcasting too I think there are just more people who are more familiar with it and more people who are kind of like in in on the joke too, which yeah. is fun too. Like it's it's one of those things where you learn to love it or you dread it. it there's no in between. Yeah. But I love that it was incorporated in her character along with all the other things that she has going. Um, it's like, I, I, I've said enough. She's, she's hilarious. She's hilarious. Yeah. I fucking loved her character. She's great. And she, I think to me, is the character that stays the most consistent throughout in the sense of she really is from be, from when we first meet her to the end of her character. Like we don't, we see her as she is. We don't, mm-hmm. she has these, she similarly to other people obviously has things that she's like hiding or, or feelings that she's hiding about people. But I feel like out of everybody, she's the most kind of upfront about that. She never really mm. tries to hide the, those things. And I think for her compared to everybody else, this situation is really, although it's crazy and it's obviously affecting her, I think she's the one that's having like the hardest time really like pushing (laughs) back against the situation. It feels like more that things are happening around her and she's reacting to them than being proactive, where I think some of the other characters are a little bit more ready to kind of face what's going on. Alice, Mm -hmm. Alice, and I would also say to a degree, Emma, or a little bit more just reactionary and passive in this situation than our other characters oh yeah i'd agree with that for sure and now this was my second time watching it through um which definitely had an effect on the watch because when we get to the reveal you'll understand why but this time around i actually really enjoyed jordan's character as well Mm. um i didn't honestly like like them as much the first time through but knowing what i know now and understanding the subtext behind a lot of the things that were happening and just some of the character motivations for Jordan, I actually really appreciated that character a lot more. Yeah. Because, like, a lot of their motives come from a very true place, even if she comes across a lot of times as very, like, abrasive or kind of headstrong. Um, Similarly, I think to Alice, I do think that when we meet Jordan... That is the same Jordan that we end with as well. We just get different layers of her throughout the course of the movie. Yeah, Jordan, I feel like Jordan goes on a little bit of a journey for me. Um, 
because Jordan is, for the most part, a pretty like severe character. I think in comparison mm-hmm. to maybe the other girls that we have in our group. But Jordan, I think once you kind of learn more about her, it feels like Jordan is someone who is very afraid of losing the position that they have found in their life and therefore mm-hmm. really carries like a chip on their shoulder and is right. very much aggressive about things, feels the need to stand up for themselves much more than I think any any of the other girls do besides of course B who is also not rich and affluent and in that world now Jordan is now but she wasn't we find out later that she kind of has like a rags to riches story and Mm. even still is not as rich as the rest of her friends and so I feel like Jordan really at the beginning is kind of putting on a front and is really Although there are definitely hints of who she is as a person, I do feel like she's kind of putting on this front in front of her friends and when it's more of a relaxed environment and as the night goes on, that may be more aggressive and more, I had to pull myself up by my bootstraps personality (laughs) starts to come out as the night continues to go on. Because Jordan is one character by the end of this movie is besides B is like freaking G.I. Jane, like (laughs) just (laughs) popping shots off and and doing all all sorts of things despite being filled with glass is still trying to shoot at people. (laughs) Um, So yeah, Jordan has a bit of a a shield, I feel like. A shield and a sword, I would say, because although she is very defensive, she also, out of everybody, spews the most accusations. Is the most distrustful of any of Mm -hmm. them, for sure. Yeah, she's got a lot going on. But, like, again, I would still argue that, like, she, we definitely peel away some of the bullshit, I think, Mm -hmm. as time goes on. Like, we definitely get um, more of her but even from the beginning, like, she was coming in hot the moment that she saw Sophie. Like, out of everyone else who was like, oh, hey, how's it going? She was like the, oh, you're here. Like, she very much had the different perspective on the oh, whole yeah. thing. Now, granted, later on, we find out why she right. had that perspective. But I do think, like, from the get, even if she's holding some stuff back, she's also the type of person who's going to, like, call you out and, like, say this stuff. But... I think it is because she's got that chip mm-hmm. on her shoulder and that's kind of like guiding a lot of her choices and her yeah. motivations. But it's interesting because I, I do think that is true. But and maybe it's just because she has immersed herself in this world and she wants to be liked and involved with these people. She also is very, very two faced. And I, I think in a mm-hmm. way that just as bad as the other girls, despite maybe being a little bit more open and honest about her feelings towards B, who is this outsider, we do find out later that Jordan feels some type of way towards all of her friends and yeah. probably never would have said anything about that had this situation <laughs> had this situation not occurred. Um, so, but of course, like I said, I do just think that that's because she has acclimated herself into a world that she has wanted to be in for so long and though she hasn't lost other aspects of her personality i think she's just built up this mask that everybody else is kind of wearing and 
and using it to her advantage. Yeah. It's, you know, what's funny though, is like on a second watch through, maybe a hot take here, but it seems like everybody's got skeletons in their closet except for Greg. <laughs> yeah, dude. Greg's an open book. <laughs> Greg is an open book. Greg is just trying to have a good, t like, trying to vibe. Let's talk about the real beef of this movie David and Greg. David and Greg, man. From, from moment one. David ain't having none of Greg, bro. <laughs> David is pissed. He hates this man. He hates Greg. He hates everything about him, what he stands for, the way he looks, the how the length <laughs> of his hair, everything about Greg is just not is just not flying for I, David. I love the relationship between the two of them. That was like one of my favorite parts of like the first half of this movie is just watching the two of them go at it. Dude, honestly, I felt so bad for Greg. I it mean to be fair, it's a weird, it's a weird, it's weird, it's a it's weird, weird thing to be there because. He really doesn't know Alice that well. We find out that they've only been dating for a little bit and really don't know anything about each other besides because it seems like they're more uh, it's more of a sexual relationship than anything right. else. Um, and then he comes in. He's way older than everybody else. And he's just going to mm -hmm. be he's staying. Guy, yeah, literally. He's like... just going to be staying in david's house all night <laughs> and so it is a weird situation for sure but david is just coming with some hostility and that's another thing though of course we are jumping in on night two so we kind of similarly to sophie and b are just showing up at something that has been already happening they've been having this hurricane party so there's a whole bunch of backstory with them that happened previously at this house that we are kind of slowly getting filled in on. So they had a whole night to start hating each other. And now it has reached a crux where mm -hmm. David is is really, really coming for Greg's neck. Yeah, despite the fact that David is sporting a black eye from his other friend, the mysterious <laughs> Max. Yes. Uh, <laughs> where they get into it, they apparently got into an altercation on night one, and Max mm -hmm. has now split but he left a parting gift for david yeah um and again going back to like how we get thrust into the story i just think it's so well or i think it's done so well how there are just all these different pieces that are laid out for you before we get into like the mystery aspect of things like just little things for you to either pick up or not pick up mm -hmm. so that once we actually get into the distressing part of the story when people start dying and the accusations start flying like it's fun to have all these clues to kind of work with. And while you're watching the movie, play along in the game. Because that's that's the thing with whodunits, right? This isn't the first whodunit that we've covered. But, mm -hmm. like, that is the joy of whodunits is, like, meeting the group and then trying to figure out, okay, which one of these people is the killer? Right. And I think out of everybody, um, Greg was the least likely contender. And so, <laughs> unfortunately... <laughs> However, because he, A, is much more of a stranger to them, and B, kind of left before all of this stuff kicked off and then just kind of disappeared, everybody mm -hmm. presumes that it's Greg that has, that has killed David, and they ruin his meditation they come in <laughs> just they come in swinging and greg understandably just tries to 
defend himself and that is immediately taken as him being aggressive and trying yeah. to kill all of them i guess in front of each other <laughs> but like I, I love the setup of that though it, because when we get to that point there so much has happened that it's hard to be mad at either side right right because we've had we've had all the beef between greg and david and so at this point you realize david has died we don't know who kills him mm -hmm. but after they start playing bodies 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 which is basically like uh similar to like werewolf or mafia. any sort of the murder game mafia any sort of like murder game it's like that one person's the killer you have to figure out who it is um david gets voted out he leaves off in a storm and then later on they find him dead but at this point in time there most of the animosity towards david and most of the like conflict with david has been between him and Greg. Now, mm -hmm. granted, David is the one causing most of this. Like, he's right. the one definitely, uh, what's the word? He's, uh, he's the one instigating. Yeah. yeah, he's the one instigating most of these conflicts. But for us, the viewer, we've seen all conflict happen between these two characters. Now, granted, it would be very, it would be probably too simple for it to be Greg. You know what I mean? Like, it, you, you need the story to be a little bit more complex mm -hmm. than that. But once you get to that moment, although they are jumping to some huge conclusions, it's hard to be mad at the at the girls for thinking like, yo, it could be great. Right. Well, and also, too, because they've already jumped to the conclusion that it is a killer. There mm -hmm. is no thought anyone so ever that this could <laughs> have been an accident. They're mm -hmm. immediately jumping to the idea that there is somebody who did this to but David. Again, there are there are the clues placed there for that. My man's neck is slit. <laughs> there is there is a bloody sword that was abandoned yes. in the mud. No, I'm not saying it's crazy because to be quite honest, I think as horror fans, we can't sit here and talk and act like we wouldn't immediately be like, oh God, there's a killer on the loose. I don't think it's wild, especially for them having been playing this game it's completely the lights have gone out it's dark there's all of these circumstances where i think it's easy to jump to the worst conclusion yeah. and they've also at this point been fighting a lot yes. too like outside of just greg and david the group in itself has already started their infighting. has been having their issues and also yeah we have this random guy here that only alice barely knows <laughs> and mm -hmm. he's gone and so it's not the craziest jump um, but yeah, they basically all confront Greg. It goes poorly because Greg is confused and doesn't know why all of these girls have weapons. <laughs> <laughs> and then B takes him out, um, in self-defense because mm -hmm. he looks like he's going to attack one of them. So she, she takes him out. Um, but one of my favorite lines in the movie happens now when Jordan says, well, he has the most experience. You told us he was a vet. And Alice goes, he's a veterinarian. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love that so much. Again, Alice out here stealing these scenes. 
with these lines. It's so that one, funny. That and one what a reveal, too. I know. It was such a good reveal. He's a veterinarian. Yeah, that was that was great. That was my, I love that line. And then I also love, it's another Alice line. That's my favorite, is later. <laughs> when Is later when B is talking about her mom. And Alice oh, goes, yeah. nobody knows this, but I have body dysmorphia. And Jordis goes, you make everything about you, Alice. <laughs> shut the fuck up. Yeah, shut the fuck up. It's about you. <laughs> it's so good. But even, sorry to give Alice even more praise. <laughs> like, even when they're, like, doing the accusations for Greg and Jordan's grilling her about, like, what do you know about him? Yeah. And it's like, how long have you been dating? Uh, a while. Long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Two weeks. Yeah. What's, which... his, what's his last name? What's his middle name? You don't ask someone yeah. name. <laughs> I mean, he's the only one who served in the military, right? So. What? He's a vet. Right? Like Iraq or. No, I thought it was Afghanistan. He was a veterinarian. He was a veterinarian's assistant. Are you fucking serious right now? My mom has borderline. Oh my god. I'm so sorry. That's that's really serious. Mental health is a really serious issue. I mean, I've never actually said this to anyone, but I have body dysmorphia. Oh my Alice, how long have you known Greg? Like long. Okay, uh, what do you know about Greg, Alice? Oh my god. What do you know about him? Oh my god, guys, relax. Oh god. Stop, stop, stop. I know that he's a good person, okay? He's fundamentally a good person. He wouldn't do this. Do you know his middle name? Do you know where he lives? Do you know how much fucking money he makes? Do you know his last name, Alice? I know a lot. Our first date was a, was at a bar. He drank like a medium amount. Okay, Alice, He stop. likes nature. What is his he's middle name? Moon. Is you don't ask what your middle name is, okay? Which I think is a valid argument. I'm gonna support Alice on that one. Like it's fair. It doesn't come up in casual conversation, and mm -hmm. I think especially when you've only be seeing, only been seeing someone for a few weeks, you should at least know their last name. Like she, yeah, she did that, fumble. Our, she fumbled it there. <laughs> but yeah, middle names I feel like just kind of come up organically, if mm -hmm. eventually, um, or unless they have their middle name on like social media or something. Right. But yeah, so Greg gets taken out, and I guess this is a good segue into B and Sophie mm -hmm. because, like True. I said, B is the one who disposes of Greg, and. B is, by all accounts, probably the closest we get to maybe an like an audience that right. the person that they could relate to the most because she really is the one who knows the least about what's happening, the least about these people, and is really just kind of thrust into the situation that she mm -hmm. then has to navigate because she cares about her girlfriend and wants to make sure she's okay. Um, B is working class uh so she feels really self-conscious about that and being around everybody her and sophie are fairly in a new relationship so there's a lot of insecurities that b is coming into this situation with and for the most part nobody makes her feel honestly it kind of sucks because greg is the best at making her feel the most comfortable 
at this right. get together. <laughs> out of everybody, Greg kind of makes her like they kind of it seems like they get along fairly well at this little shindig. And then mm-hmm. she has to um, literally not like bust his brains out of his head with a, a dumbbell. Um, so that's unfortunate. But she, I think, is very much and and it's probably because she's the most disconnected from everybody she doesn't really have as much emotional stakes so Mm -hmm. she is the most definitely gets the most kills in this movie but from self-defense yeah but she definitely is not afraid to get in there and get her hands dirty it obviously is not what she wants to do it like obviously affects her very heavily to that she's killing these people but she's not gonna just like lay down and let anybody walk all over her or walk all over Sophie for that matter. Okay, so I have a question for you. Let me ask. Um, did you at any point think that B could have been the killer? Because that actually that accusation was placed, I think, at a good time. It was. No. I did not okay. think that B was the killer at at any time. Um, and I do feel like that's just because I feel like B was the one character where we and I don't know if you felt this way where it felt like we never really had a chance to truly think she was the killer because we follow her so often and so a lot of times she is witnessing things if anything i thought maybe sophie was the killer for a little while just because they had a habit of splitting up and although we were with b we were never with sophie and Mm -hmm. so and also sophie had a habit of having last interactions with (laughs) with some people who would later die like emma that -hmm. was the last time we saw her was talking to sophie so that had crossed my head once or twice but no i i never thought b was the killer just because we spend so much time seeing things from her perspective so who who did you think for the longest time was the killer was it sophie yeah honestly sophie was my number one i i thought that out of everybody because she was the least and now of course it's just her as a person but mm-hmm. at the time, it felt like Sophie jumped on the bandwagon a lot. Whatever whatever anybody said, she just started to believe that. People thought it was B. And despite her being Team B for forever, Jordan makes one accusation and Sophie's ready to throw her out into the fucking <laughs> hurricane. And so True. it just felt like a lot of times Sophie was really benefiting from everybody else kind of going at it. And then she would just be on the sidelines, just letting it all unfold. Now, mm-hmm. obviously, like I said, at the end of the day, um, by the end of the movie and discovering that it was none of them, I think it's just more stands that that's just the way that Sophie is, is that she's just a very passive person who just kind of goes along with whatever is benefiting her at the time. Mm-hmm. And so it makes sense that she reacted that way in situations that feels like whoever was the leader at the time, she was ready to back them up. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, when I was watching it, I just thought, oh, Sophie, the only reason she wanted to come here was to kill these people. Like, I, I just in my head, <laughs> I, I just thought, oh, she wanted to come here to kill them. B is just her, you know, like she brought B as almost a, 
alibi sort mm-hmm. of situation. Oh, yeah. I wanted you guys to meet my girlfriend. Surprise, bitch. Actually, David, you're dead. <laughs> Emma, you're dead. Greg, I didn't mean for you to die. You weren't supposed to be here. Like, that's what it felt like. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I, I think, like, when I was first watching it, my journey went initially Greg. Mm. Um, and then after it's revealed that it couldn't be Greg, my mind went to Sophie next. And I feel like the movie kind of sets it up that it could be Sophie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I feel like towards the third act, I was really leaning on Jordan. Um, Despite the fact that, like, Jordan had a couple alibis by that point, it just still felt like Sophie was going to be the too obvious answer. Mm. So I felt like it had to be somebody else who was already there and, like, of the group talking about, like, aggressive energy. Jordan just kind of fit the bill, you know? Right. Right. And I guess I never thought Jordan just because of how aggressive she was and how ready she was to take on everything. It just it it felt like she to me, like where Sophie felt like the obvious choice for you, Jordan felt like the obvious choice for me. I just thought I was like, it, it would be way too easy for it to be to be her. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think that's where Sophie kind of comes up. But then by the time, actually, by the time that everybody, so we have our four girls and everybody's kind of accusing each other. Mm -hmm. By that time, I didn't think it was Sophie anymore because Mm -hmm. we got that reveal with Jordan's underwear in her car. And I was like, Mm. oh, so you're just shady because you're a cheater. Mm. Oh, Mm-hmm. Oh, so, oh, okay. <laughs> now it's clicking. You're not a killer, but you're a cheater. Like, <laughs> like that's that's it. That's what it was the whole time. Because I think that's, Sophie, it's crazy to me because I think Sophie is very much a, it feels like she has a really, like, addictive personality, which is clear, A, because she did get addicted. She was addicted to drugs. She clean well she was clean and (laughs) she does drugs during this situation but she was clean for a while and it's revealed that she had been avoiding her friends because they kind of cause her to fall off the wagon she Mm -hmm. she often goes back to drugs if she's hanging out with them um but i feel like she can get she feels like one of those people who really, really like loves hard because I do feel like she is very legitimately in love with B. It feels like she's very much into B and like really yeah, obsessed with true. her. But I feel like she's also that type of person who when she gets attention from people, she like leans, she like gets upset, feels like that, like follows that yeah. feeling and kind of really gets obsessed with it and addicted to it and it feels like jordan is into sophie and so Mm -hmm. i'm sure sophie was like okay cool whatever yeah let's have sex um but it's crazy because i do feel like she she obviously really loves is crazy about b despite being a cheater i do Mm -hmm. think that she really is that way because even though it would be so easy to just be like, yeah, you're right. I was cheating on you. It's like she would rather be think that she was a killer than to just show her that she was right? cheating with Jordan. Because B, I mean, Sophie doesn't know this, but B knows she's lying. That's why she freaks out at the end. Mm-hmm. But Sophie, 
you realize <laughs> by not just showing her your text messages, you're really coming off like a killer right now. Yeah. Like, just take the L. And, and it's at this at that point in time, it's like, even if you didn't show her your text messages, she's going to know you were lying about something. Because Jordan, with her dying breath, <laughs> told me to look at your text messages. So obviously something happened between you guys. Mm -hmm. just show her your phone just show the phone nah would rather take it literally to the grave <laughs> which is kind of nuts um but that's not that's not a characteristic that's just exclusive to her too because like even with jordan like another one of my favorite parts of this movie is when jordan pulls the gun on everybody and then mm -hmm. shoots alice yes. and immediately after shooting alice alice is like did you just shoot me and jordan can't even admit to shooting yeah. Alice, like her brain nope. instantaneously goes, no, no, that wasn't me. <laughs> it's like, girl, you are holding the gun. The smoke is still coming out of the end of it. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, baby, come on. Let's, let's use that <laughs> noggin, though. I know that whole that whole thing. And of course, it's hard to tell who ends up killing Alice because there's four right. people wrestling over a gun. And in my end, I'm like, don't add more hands on this gun. Just leave it. True. Just leave it be. But yeah, it, it's, it's interesting because it feels like for a lot of these characters, it feels like once they're in too deep, instead of backing off, they all double down. It's, mm -hmm. it's almost, well, I'm already here. Let's go through with it rather than just saying, okay, yeah, you got me. Or, okay, yeah, this is how it is. None of them want to admit defeat. Everybody is no. so stuck in their ways and stuck in the idea that they are right and that the decisions yeah. that they're making are right. And honestly, that's what the downfall is for most of them is that they all allow themselves to spiral and nobody is willing to trust each other i mean the first thing that goes out of the window for all of them is the trust their trust of each other nobody True. nobody trusts each other and so all of them kind of commit to this path and even though it feels like they're in it together none of them are all of them are no. really in it for themselves and so once they start to go down this path on their own they're like well fuck it i guess i'm i guess that's what i'm doing i would say maybe Maybe Alice is the most team oriented, but I honestly think that's just because she can't do it on her own. Like she right. kind of has to rely on everybody else because she's so kind of frazzled and terrified of the situation. But mm -hmm. everybody else, I would say even for like Emma, she gets taken out the earliest of our final group. But I think out of all of them, Emma feels the most shy like she really keeps to herself she's much more subdued than everybody else and mm -hmm. she really like introverts into herself when when things start to go wrong she's the only one who really like cuts herself off from the rest of the group when things start to go wrong yeah. and i feel like even for emma i mean it ends up being an accident but she spirals just as bad as everybody else and starts to do things that in the end don't benefit her at all but she like really no. doubles down on them and then falls down the stairs <laughs> and on a second watch through i gotta say emma's a pretty like it, it's a pretty tragic story for her yeah um 
especially when you start noticing a little bit more of her mannerisms and characteristics because i'll be honest like the first watch through like i just wasn't paying as much attention to her but i paid more attention the second time and her just visceral need to be loved and liked by everyone you can see that really like eat away at her the longer the night goes on mm. and like her fall down the stairs i think you can kind of assume is like drug induced and like when you like rewind and look back the amount of different substances and things that this girl is taking just to reach some sort of neutral in this situation is ridiculous like i think she may outside of maybe david she may consume the most like narcotics and stuff throughout mm -hmm. the entire movie and like so it makes a lot of sense that she would accidentally tumble down some stairs in the dark while she's spiraling on seven different kinds of medications mm -hmm. and alcohol and drugs. Right. Like, well, and we never see her use light. Like, she never pulls her phone out. She never has her flashlight. Or so, she, yeah, she's really running through the dark. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just letting Jesus take the wheel and hoping that she doesn't tumble and fall over something. And, yeah, yeah. she ends up doing it. But, I mean, so transitioning into the end now, into the reveal, which at this point most of you guys know. But, like, it's revealed at the end that none of them are the killer. Hmm. And, in fact, David offed himself in an angry rage as he tried to make a TikTok. And yeah. I gotta say, that was one of the funniest whodunit reveals I have ever seen in my entire life. I cackled like a goddamn hyena the first time I watched this movie. <laughs> and it's like, of course. Of course he did. Not only did he die making a TikTok, he died because he was trying to prove that he could do the same sword trick that Greg did <laughs> earlier. Try and take a, <laughs> trying to use a sword to take the cork out of a bottle of champagne, which Greg does earlier so and everybody's it's so impressed so by. And David decides that he can do it because he's, he's all pissed off because they got in an argument. And... Which I will say, I this is jumping back a little bit, but it ties into him being upset. It's I do like that before anything even happens, this bodies, bodies, bodies game in and of itself, even though they know they shouldn't play it because it always ends badly, they still do it and it mm -hmm. ends badly. But I do think I do like that there's this huge fight that starts from that. But what I like about the fight is it not between any of the girl? Weirdly, it almost like brings the girls together because the fight right. is really between David and Emma and a little bit of Greg. It really has right. nothing to do with our group. And so it almost like unites them because they all come around to support Emma. And I feel like this would have been an easy chance to to already start the the breakdown of the group. But mm -hmm. it doesn't. It's like they almost start off better than they were before they play the game, <laughs> like m emotionally and mentally. And despite that, still immediately break down, which I liked. But needless to say, that's why David is so upset because him and Emma get in this huge fight. Mm. And yeah, he, he, he accidentally slashes his throat. <laughs> So and nobody <laughs> nobody <laughs> realizes it until the morning when 
they B and Sophie accidentally grab his cell phone and yeah. realize that that is what happened. It's it's such a good reveal. I fucking loved it. And that, I know that there was possibly an earlier version of this where that's not how it ended and that there mm. was actually a killer. Um, but I think that this was absolutely the way mm -hmm. to go. I think that for the story that's being told for this group and for these characters, especially David, this makes so much sense. It, 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 everything works. Everything lines up. Everything seems rational once you get here. And what I also really enjoyed too, and this was a big thing for me, is going into this movie a second time, I was actually worried because I wasn't sure if I was going to enjoy it as much because I knew what the reveal was. I didn't think that the, the comedy and things would hit exactly the same. But surprisingly, it was a little bit of the opposite mm -hmm. because knowing that none of them are the killer for the entire movie actually makes it very engaging to watch these characters because now you realize that everyone truly and genuinely thinks that they're right. Yeah. Like, they all think that they're innocent. They are all coming from a genuine place when they're trying to survive with their accusations. Like, all of this stuff is coming from a real place because none of them are the fucking killer. Yeah. And for me, that actually elevated the watch because now some of the subtext and some of the things that maybe didn't make as much sense before make a lot more sense now, especially with, like, characters like Jordan who are, like, so strong mm -hmm. about their point of views. It makes sense now that Jordan's so strong about her point of view. She genuinely thinks yeah. one of these people is the killer. It's like she knows she didn't do it. And that's the thing that I thought, because I haven't gone back and rewatched this quite yet. But yeah, I I didn't think at all that when I saw the twist, I thought that. I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. Because now when you go back, A, it'll play a little bit more of a straightforward comedy because that mystery element of it is gone. But mm -hmm. yeah, there'll be new things that you'll pick up on that you maybe didn't pick up on originally because maybe that first time you were also trying to pinpoint a killer. So things that people did that se seemed shifty or things that people did that seemed uh, like you wondered why they did that in the circumstance that'll completely change when you yeah when you realize that it's really just a group of friends who are wrestling with the idea that somebody in this group killed somebody and it's mm -hmm. like they know for a fact it's not them but have no idea who else it could be and yeah. so and i think not only that but also the feeling that like these are people that i are my friends or I thought were my friends. And so now are they going to kill me? It's, it's like an interesting, I feel like shift for the characters because now it almost just becomes more of a like survival comedy than, <laughs> than yeah. um, a horror mystery, which it feels like on that first watch. Yeah, it's just, for me, that was something very unique and fun to have a whodunit where they did it to themselves. Like, I think that yeah. that's just like, it takes an old idea, but it changes it just enough that it's like intriguing. And in this case, really fits the bill for like the things that happened in the story. Mm -hmm. And so for me, like I was already enjoying the movie a ton before we got to the reveal. But once we got to the reveal, for, that really sealed the deal for me. And like, mm -hmm. really, it, it was it was a, such a satisfying end 
that I left the movie just with a smile. Like I felt it's almost like I felt like I almost got lied to. But I had, like, a <laughs> smile on my face. It was like that was fun. Like I yeah. really enjoyed that. <laughs> and it and it makes it kind of interesting because in your head, when you're watching this movie, despite me saying earlier, like, oh, they never think it's an accident. I didn't think that way either until the movie ended. You because mm-hmm. in your head too, you think, oh God. It's just your first reaction is to assume that there is some sinister shit going on rather mm. than, oh yeah, David is full of drugs and alcohol <laughs> and has a fucking sword. Like, yeah, he probably did that to himself. <laughs> but you don't think that way either watching the movie. And and I think that's so interesting that your first reaction for this type of situation is to think, okay, one of these people did it. And... Yeah. So it's, yeah, you can kind of relate to the characters in that way of immediately jumping to the worst possibility for something like this. And not only that, but then immediately pointing fingers at the people around you, whether that's warranted or not, just because they're there, just because Mm -hmm. you have (laughs) no other evidence or any other circumstances. So you just make assumptions in your head. You have, and also this feeling of being cut off from the rest of the world and having to come to your own conclusions and figure this out on your own because you don't have any outside help. And for a movie that is kind of taking a premise that's so popular in horror and has been done so many times that like, oh, there's a storm outside, we can't leave the house. Even though that is the case here, it it's like I don't it does it it just works so well in this circumstance because it almost feels like an afterthought because despite the fact that there is a hurricane it almost because of everything that's going on inside and the way that these characters are so willing to jump at the chance to accuse each other it almost feels like the hurricane almost gets forgotten about because they're yeah. just so focused on their you know opinions and 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 what they think is happening that after one try of like let's see if we can get help it's immediately like they they're not even they're not even worried about that anymore and so it's like the storm works in cutting them off and and does work as like a background set piece and even this next morning i think it's really effective when like max shows up again and 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 she gets cell signal again but at that point in time it's like you almost forget that there was a hurricane that was cutting them off from society Mm -hmm. yeah and max coming back at the end in the moment it didn't do a lot for me like the first time through but i understand why it was necessary Mm -hmm. like he was such a big plot point and he was kind of like our x factor of like if it's not anyone in the group, we do have this yeah. like outside person who it could be. Um, so I do think for the completion of this story, it was important to have Max come back for a little bit. Um, but I think my favorite part of him returning was B being able to give that last line of like, I have reception. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but also I like when Max strolls back in and his face is also like all bruised and stuff from the fight. <laughs> that they had gotten into and like because it's a whole yeah that's a 
a whole thing is this it's fight that it's, they had had yeah the the attention to detail is just very well done in this mm-hmm. and i think like when you get told things in this movie it's not really forgotten like it'll affect something later on or like you'll see some reference to it i think for the most part for most of the like clues and and different things that are laid out for you and i just really like that for this kind of movie like i enjoy when a whodunit despite how it ends does the formula well while still simultaneously changing the formula mm-hmm. um because even if this went down the standard whodunit route i still think it would have been a very well done whodunit movie mm-hmm yeah yeah no i i definitely agree with that yeah it's because yeah for the for the most part when it got to the end i was expecting the the reveal to happen of it being one of them and in my head i thought hey if it's either one of these people i'm okay with that i was like if it's b or if it's sophie i'm kind of cool with that um so I still would have been satisfied if it had mm-hmm. been that sort of an ending, but I feel like to have it then be flipped again, I was like, honestly, that makes the most sense. <laughs> Even <laughs> now that I think about it, yeah, that makes the most sense, but that's not something that I ever would have put up there as a possibility is that mm-hmm. this was just a complete misunderstanding. <laughs> and so, and but it, it it does become kind of, it's a comedy, but then at the same time, it, it does become kind of tragic when you think about that, yeah. that every single thing that happened that night was really avoidable if everyone would have just sat and cooled, cooled down and like really just, thought about it and if everybody just would have worked together and and been in in it together even if they had just waited until morning it it would mm-hmm. have been fine and <laughs> and that and that's really just the thing is it's it's if everyone had been understanding it would have changed so much cuz you think about it even when people when they do decide oh there's a killer on the loose the amount of times that these girls split up from each other is right. insane <laughs> is insane like nobody nobody sticks together and if they Mm -hmm. had if there was more camaraderie if there was more trust if there was more honesty everyone would have been fine even greg (laughs) even Even greg would have been fine meditating greg with his his purge sleeping mask and that's (laughs) and even if they had just told if they had come in and just like told greg what happened and like let him look into it and investigate or so maybe cooler heads would have prevailed right. but <laughs> we never had a chance oh man rfp greg you shouldn't have been there and you knew it yeah and then and then too something we didn't talk about also is um yeah, like everybody in this in this movie really does have like a secret because even B has one. It's much yeah. it's much less. It's much more wholesome. It's of much a secret. more it's wholesome. Like... But at the same time, she was big lying. Like mm-hmm. she was really the the mom thing isn't so is not like to lie about that. I don't think that that's so bad. However, no. to have your girlfriend drive you to the mall every single day and say so you can go to so you can work, go to work unquote. and then you sit in the food court for hours and then have her come back and pick you up 
that's a little bit wild. That's, <laughs> that's a little, little that's a little weird. And now look, we've all been embarrassed about certain things, but at some point, at some point during your six to eight hours of sitting in that food court, you gotta start thinking to yourself, maybe I should just tell her. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I should just say I got fired today. But because <laughs> come on, all that gas. In this economy, <laughs> come on, come on, and then and then B and then B leaves the light on, kills the car. All uh, right. It's so sad because B really is so well-meaning. She truly, and, but everything. Just have a good time. Everything seems so suspicious. <laughs> uh, I love it. I think that's everything I had for buys, buys, bodies. Did you have anything else that you wanted to go over? I I think that was I think that was everything. Yeah. Yeah. It was just a good time. And like I said, if you guys listen to our 2022 rewind, the soundtrack hits. The music Look, it's... slaps. <laughs> slappers. I I appreciate it for what it did for the movie. They weren't songs that I'm gonna be bumping like in my free time. However, they did match the vibe and the feel of everything. And the outside of just the soundtrack, the sound design too. Yeah. And honestly, like lighting and visuals. We didn't really talk too much mm -hmm. about the movie making aspect of this, but outside of the fun story, the movie itself is very, very well made. Yeah. A lot of the shots are very cool. A lot of the things that they do with lighting and different forms of lighting is very creative. And the sound design in a lot of places is fantastic. Specifically for me, when we get David that first time, the way that like he thumps the he thumps on the glass, mm -hmm. it sounds very reminiscent mm -hmm. to like things battering your windows during a storm. And the way they just handle that whole sequence, I think, is just really uh, polished. Kudos to everyone on the on the like movie making side of things because all of that was fantastic. As mm -hmm. well. Yeah, yeah, no, agreed. The way this film was shot, despite being such a dark movie. Um, because it's completely in the dark, mm -hmm. was shot so well. They obviously, the lighting was completely dependent upon the actors holding their phones and their glow sticks and their headlamps in the right spot to illuminate each other. And they did it. Like, it, you can see everybody. It, it, mm -hmm. You can tell what's going on all the time. And I can't say that about some movies that had normal lighting. So they did a really, they did a really good job with that. And and yeah, the sound design was cool. Um, there's some really, there's some really like cool ways that I feel like they even just said a lot about a character just by the way that the shot was set up or by the way that they were lit or different things mm -hmm. like that. I feel like a lot of care went into the more technical aspect of this movie, just as much as the, you know, characters and, and all of the other elements of it. Um, but yeah, big fan, big fan of the movie, um, big mm -hmm. fan of the music. Um, and like I said, 212 had me. Had me in shambles. It had me in shambles. I was like, damn, I want to be at this party. Like, I'm trying to I'm trying to rage with these, I'm with these Gen Z. Trying to dance with these. <laughs> Let me dance. Let me dance with them. Oh my god. <laughs> Pete, Pete, invite me to your house. Complete <laughs> two one two. What are we gonna rate this one out of Erica? What's the metric? Ooh, uh, okay. We could rate this out of killer TikToks. 
Oh, fantastic. <laughs> I, think, I think that's it. Right? That's It's got to be that. It's got to be TikToks? killer TikToks. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do that then. Um, do you want to go first or would you like me to go first? Uh, I can I can either or. If you want, I can go first. Okay. Yeah. You can go first if you'd like. All right. So, honestly, I'm going to give Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Five out of five. Killer TikToks. Mm-hmm. This movie is so much fun. And now... I've said that like 17 times, but it's true. That's just, that's the feeling I have when I watch this. Um, I really enjoyed it the first time through when I saw it in theaters back when it came out. And like I said earlier, I was a little bit afraid going into my second watch. I thought I wouldn't like it as much. And honestly, I ended up enjoying it even more a second time through. So that kind of like sealed the deal for me in terms of like how I felt about this movie. Mm -hmm. I think the characters are acted very well. I think the story is is masterfully done i think the dialogue is great i think the actual visuals all the different aspects that make the movie the movie are fantastic as well there's just there's nothing i would change about this i love the reveal i love how we get there it's just a great time and honestly again i was very shocked at how much i enjoyed this movie but i remember seeing the trailer and thinking to myself if they do this movie right it's going to be a knockout. And for me, it hit it out of the park. So five out of five killer TikToks. Yeah, same. Five killer TikToks yeah. out of five. <laughs> I just, there's nothing I would change about this movie. Like I, I mm-hmm. wouldn't change a thing. I think that it from start to finish was just so like super entertaining. It is the perfect length for me to tell this story. These characters are awesome i think every single character was fleshed out so well acted super well had enough moments and motivations where you kind of don't really know what they're thinking or or what they're going to do in these moments because everybody feels like they have so many secrets or like things underlying within them and it was so much fun to watch those slowly come out to the surface um the setting and the actual story itself despite being really simple never felt simple and Mm -hmm. even for a movie where a lot of it is just people kind of talking and being together and just accusing each other it it was so much fun and i Mm -hmm. think that's because it is from a lens that you don't normally get to see a whodunit movie from. It's from characters that are not normally put in these sorts of situations. And so seeing them navigate these situations was so entertaining. So entertaining. I love it. Big fan. Huge fan. (laughs) Five killer TikToks out of five. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So (laughs) that's it for Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Body yaddies. Body Um, <laughs> What did you guys think of this movie? It seems like people liked it because you guys wanted us to cover it. But how many killer TikToks would you give? Bodies, bodies, bodies. Um, you can let us know on our social media. We're your homies of horror on everything. Or if you wanted to talk a little bit more in depth, you could slip and slide into the Discord. Link for that is in our social media bios. That's where we hang out with the homies all day uh every day of the week 
and <laughs> we chit chat about all kinds of things not just horror in there so if you guys wanted to come through and say hello we'd love to see you you can also email us we are homies of horror at gmail.com and if you're listening to this on the day that it comes out that means it's monday that means we are streaming live on twitch tonight playing spooky games having chit chats and hanging out with the homies if you guys want to come and hang out with us then come through say hello the link for that is also in our social media bios and last but not least if you are so inclined we would very much appreciate it if you would leave us a rating or a review you can do both on apple podcasts the more ratings and reviews we get the better it recommends our show to more listeners and we just like to hear what you're thinking so if you have an apple account and haven't done that we'd love for you to or over on spotify you can leave us a rating by clicking the stars underneath our name but that is it for us today homies we hope that you guys enjoyed hearing our full breakdown and we will be doing it all again next time same place same time catch you next time homies bye i like your podcast alice what is your podcast about hanging out with your smartest and funniest friend did you just groan no when i said hanging out with your smartest and funniest friend like that like that you did it again no i didn't first of all a podcast takes a lot of work okay you have to organize the guests you have to do a google calendar and then you build a following it takes a lot of time and i've been working on it for a while